Thank you for joining us for this week's 908 message. 908 is a contemporary, student-led ministry based out of Concordia St. Paul. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We hope you join us some Wednesday night and are blessed through the words of our speaker. So, um, I'm a DCE kid, so for those of you who don't know what that means, um, I, my dad was a director of Christian education, so I grew up in the church. Um, I had a lot of superheroes when I was a kid, and my superheroes weren't like other people's superheroes. My superheroes were David, Jesus, Martin Luther, and Moses. <laughs> yep. So, one time when I was really young, um, the live-action 101 Dalmatians movie came out. Anybody? Yeah, okay. So, there's this one scene when this little puppy is dangling off the balcony, and you know, being the loud child that I am, I yell out in the middle of the movie theater, don't worry, puppy, Mosey will save you. Mosey is Moses, by the way. So, I had a really simple, childlike faith um, where I believed that people from the Bible could save fictional puppies from balconies. But then, when I got older, um, I began to learn more theological information, first of all, and then... Um, my aspect of realigning also grew. So when I got into high school, um, I hung around friends who went to church, but they weren't really religious. Um, and then school was kind of hard for me at certain points, and it became really stressful. And at one point, I just stopped believing in God altogether. Um, I saw church kind of as like this social event, where I kind of like got to meet my friends and I got to build on these relationships, which was really cool. But I kind of forgot about God because, you know, like the whole sermon part was just kind of like there, but the whole point of me going was to see my friends. Um, so my vision, my whole focus of church kind of like went out the window. So that's not great. Um, so then my dad told me to go to this retreat. Um, and I've never gone to like a retreat without my parents or really without anybody because um, my dad was the DCE so he took us on all of the trips and I really didn't want to go at all. This event was called Teens Encountering Christ and it was also called or is also known as Tech and it was where we learned about the death and resurrection of Christ. Um, so I ended up walking blindly into this event, and I was thinking, oh yeah, they're going to talk about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Whoop-de-doo, Jesus is my, is my savior, and he's also my superhero. You know? Um, and I also thought, like, hey, you know, the counselors are going to be like, guess what? We're talking about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Everyone's going to cry. They're going to be like Oprah, where they're going to be like, you get a tissue, and you get a tissue. Look under your chairs. Everyone has a tissue box under there. I literally was like, Dad, don't make me go. This is going to be awful. I just don't want to weep for a weekend. So 
I went, and um, the very first thing that the person told me was that you are an enemy of God. So like at this point, my world was really dim and cold and I felt alone like all the time. Like yeah, I had friends who were supporting me and stuff, but like I didn't believe in God, so I always felt alone. Now again, I'm gonna say to you, put your feet on the ground, your hands in your laps, and close your eyes. Go ahead and do it. You are an enemy of God. How does that make you feel? Awful. Honestly, that makes us feel terrible. I was in shock when I heard those words. An enemy. Let that sink in. Because of sin, death, and the devil, we've been separated, left in the dark, cold, and alone. It's a terrible feeling to know that you and I are dead to sin and an enemy of God. God, who is the creator of the universe, and you. How awful does that sound to know that we've screwed up and that there's nothing that you or I can do about it? And now we can be called his enemy, so distant from the Father that we don't even have a firm relationship with him. I'm going to read Acts 3, verse 15, which says, And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. To whom, uh, whom God raised from the dead. That's the gospel. God raised him from the dead. Thankfully, God recognized that broken relationship. He noticed that this was something that needed to be fixed. He showed his bountiful mercy, grace, and love to us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, the only glue that bonds us to God. We know that Jesus dies on the cross for our sins. And that's an incredible thing. And we should also know the depth that the, of the love that the Father has for us, that he cares for us this much. To look through that ugly, dirty, and sinful people that we are and joyously claim us as his own through Jesus. That's such an amazing thing. I'm going to read Zephaniah 3, verses 17, which says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt you with loud singing. We're invited with open arms as God's children and can raise again in Christ. And in 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 6, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, and he has caused us to be born again, to live a hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through the faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. 
So before I was hurt pretty bad, and I didn't believe in God, and that was really hard. But because I realized that Jesus' death and resurrection was more than just a whoop-de-doo, he's my superhero, it means something more, not just to me, but to all of us, that God sent his only son, someone who he loved a lot, like a lot, a lot, to die for someone who he loves so much more. He loves us so much, honestly. He loves us so much that he sent somebody to die in our place. And that's something that we just don't always grasp as Christians, and it's really important to know that. Those past days, I did a serious reality check, and I talked to a pastor about the concept of like forgiveness, of myself and of others, and how to let go of that guilt that was inside of me. And my faith turned from a childish faith to a childlike faith. Again, like I said, Jesus was my superhero, but now looking on this moment, I can stare in awe like a child, thinking of all the wonder and the beauty that this event holds and how much God loves us. So I went into this event thinking not much, and God said, let's have a talk. And he walked me through this event this weekend, and he opened my eyes to something unforeseen. So I'm going to ask you to think for 30 seconds or so in the middle of this message to say a time when you were like, do I really have to do that? I don't really want to do that. But God challenged you and said, come here, we're going to have a walk. We're going to talk about this, and I'm going to open your eyes to something. So just go ahead and reflect for a couple of seconds. So some of you may have thought of a moment, some of you may have not, and that's okay. Throughout this semester, being a freshman or a senior, you may be stretched in different ways, and you may have that aha moment of where God has walked you through a situation and opened your eyes to something that you didn't realize before. So now we're going to move into a time of prayer, and I have two more questions. My faith turned into a childlike faith from a childish faith. So what does it mean for you to have a child? What does it mean to have a childlike faith to you, and what does that look like in your life? Thanks. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Go in peace.